What's going on, the Woodlands, Texas? Welcome to episode 82, season five of Talking Throws Podcast, Texas Dow. Um, I'm Coach Jason. And I'm Coach Janelle. And we are Throws Coach with the track club, The Thorn Factory. Uh, go to the thornfactory.com website. We have some new information on there. If you want to go to our podcast information, there's a link that you can go to as well. There's a link for fourthrows.com. There's a link for Fiber Sports as well, and then a link for uh, Porta Circle also. Um, so, and then our bios are on there and our contact information. So, uh, remind everybody too that we're doing lessons. Lessons. Uh, Coach Janelle's doing youth lessons right now. So, if you're eighth, eighth grade and younger and you're looking to get a good foundation, uh, reach out to her and she can get you going on the fundamentals to be a successful thrower uh, through your junior high days. Hopefully that'll carry on to your high school days. And then Coach Kai West at the Thorn Factory, Coach Jarvis East at the Thorn Factory, and Coach Morgan Knight out in Abilene are doing a tremendous job with their training and their youth. Uh, if you're in one of those areas, reach out to them and they'll be able to get you going in some private lessons or maybe even join the club for summer track. Uh, also, to remind everybody that we have that YouTube channel, um, so please go give us that thumbs up and uh, follow along with that because all of our podcasts that we do, all the episodes are actually published on there. So it's kind of another avenue that we're trying to promote. So uh, the more, the more the merrier on the YouTube channel. Um, I without our pod, without our sponsors, we can't do what we do. We appreciate everything they do, the loyalty they do for us um getting the word out there about the podcast so that support has been tremendous uh leading off is texas track and field coach association that or website is ttfca.org for everything you need to know on track and field Stuart canner has the winter clinic coming up january 7th and 8th that's going to be in great uh, great wolf lodge in grapevine texas right now if you go to the calendar for 2023 for meet schedules there's a youth meet January 15th at University of Houston. Um, there is a high school meet to University of Houston on the 13th and 14th, the day before. Uh, there's currently three OU high school meets scheduled on October 28th, November 4th, and then November 11th as well. Uh, we're still waiting on a couple other meets to get posted. As once, the, once those happen, he'll get them up there. But even outdoor meets are posted, even some of the college meets are posted. So if you're just a fan of track and field and want to go do a meet, all those college meets are on there as well. So uh, second one is uh, fourthrows.com, quality implements price right. Right now, if you go to fourthrows.com and use our code TALKINGTHROWS10 to get 10% off, right now on the closeout sell section, they are selling a training red iron shot put for $18.69. And then they also have a Palantic steel training hammer for $19, valued at $99.99. He is giving one away for $19. And use that code, talking throws 10, you could get you a good training hammer for basically about 15 bucks. So uh, go to uh, fourthrows.com and use that code TALKINGTHROWS10. Porta Dash Circle, making throwing more accessible. Use that code TALKINGTHROWS10 to get your 10% off. The cool thing about these Porta Circle guys is you can put that circle down in a hotel free, uh, a hallway, um, in a gym floor, in a school, school hallway, in a garage, in your room to use <coughs> 
excuse me, for any training tools that you can to help you throw farther and get those reps, reps in. And then Ready Up Athletic Development, Zach is doing some programming as well. So if you go to Train Heroic and, and you search Basic Throw Strength, it is a program that he's designed for throwers, but also multi-sport athletes, whether you're playing basketball and volleyball or you're playing volleyball and track. This is a program to take your lifting and your performance to the next level. Again, that website is Train Heroic, and the website is called Basic Throw Strength. And if you use our code THROWS10, THROWS10 again, THROWS10 again on that website, you get 20% off on the purchase of that program. And then Fiber Sports Discus, taking in, uh, looking at a new way to get the distance, go to FiberSportsDiscus.com. We love everything about Bruce Codwell. So this is the 2K. So and this is a really cool bag. And you can find this link, like I said initially, on our website, uh, uh, thethornfactory.com, or you can even go to, to thefourthrows.com and, and search that out as well. So use that code TalkingThrows10 and to get you uh, the best discus in, in the market right now. So be on the lookout for that. So, all right, here we go. It is a true honor and a privilege to have this gentleman on our show. He is the epitome of why we do this show because he is everything throwing basically in the state of Texas from a youth even through his college career. So we're gonna play guess who that is at the end. So currently he just turned pro. Uh, he had two meets in September. Uh, one, his first experience in the Diamond League, and then another meet basically three days later um, in, in Belgium. So he in that first meet, he went 20, 2088, and in the second meet, he went 2047. Um, just recently, um, he was a two-time national champion at the University of Texas. He broke Ryan Krauser's school record in the shot put with a mark of 2154, which is 70 feet, eight inches. He had college PRs of outdoor of 2154 in the discus 5295, but an indoor personal best, personal best, regardless of indoor outdoor, a 2174. In uh, 2017, he attended the Woodlands High School outside of Houston, Texas. He was a four-time state champion. Um, during his time there, he set a mark of 74-11 and a half, which ranks third all-time in the state of Texas in shot put, but also ranks 13th all-time in the history of U.S. shot putting in boys high school. Also, as a, a high school thrower in 2017, throwing the six kilogram, which is um, uh, an international shot put, he threw a mark of 68-3, which ranked seventh best all time. Yes, he was also 2018, got second place at World U20 Championships. Um, in 2015-2016, he was the Gatorade male track and field athlete for the state of Texas. Yes, in 2015, he took gold in the World Youth 18 Championships, and it is a true honor and a true privilege to welcome this young man to Talk and Throws Podcast Texas Style. Please welcome Trip Pippery to our show. Yeah. So, 
Dude, it is a big honor to have you on. We are very honored to get your story out. And um, you are why we do this, because you are Texas through and through from a youth through college. So yeah, we could talk to you while. for five hours. We're not going to do that. So when you have it enough, just wave your hands and we'll stop you. <laughs> okay. I don't think I'll be doing all that. We'll go from there. So yeah. Danielle will start us off and, you know, we'll just kind of share your throw, your throwing story. Yeah. Well, we are, I'm going to reiterate what he said. We are super excited to have you and very honored to have you on. I'm so excited for all the things you're going to share with us. So first off, tell us, when did you start throwing? Where in your youth did you start picking up a shot put? I started when I was eight. You were eight. Wow. Wow. Some summer track at the age of eight. Yeah. So uh, I, me and uh, one of the guys who actually that I was at the bachelor party with, we all started when we were little. Uh-huh. Uh, my dad used it as a way to. Uh-oh. My dad used it as a way to uh, get us in shape for football, I guess. And I didn't like running repeat 400s, so wanted to throw, which kind of backfired because I got good at it, and he'd just take me out before practice would start, and then we'd throw before track practice, and I'd still go out and run. Afterwards? <laughs> like two hours, yeah. Oh, wow. So, so I, were, you I, playing, were you playing football, peewee football at that age as well? Yeah, I played football from when I was five until halfway through high school, and then I just focused on track. Oh, wow, wow. Yeah. So did you do a lot of summer track when you were eight or just as a warm-up before – um, no, I did. Football. I did summer track. I did AAU and USATF. I did the Junior Olympics, all that, until I got to high school. And then, I think my freshman year, I did a AAU or USATF, one of the two, one more time. Okay. And sophomore year, I got I went to Cali and all that. So kind of just gotcha, gotcha. Stopped doing all the Junior Olympic stuff and started doing USATF uh, World Team. Gotcha. So was your dad your the your first coach that you had that first summer at eight years old? Was he kind of watching you, you know, in yeah. your development? Yeah, he's the one who took me to practice, got me, you know, he, he worked me out, everything. He did all that and for, for a while until uh I mean you probably know Coach Rod out in uh I think it's Sugarland or know of him. He's got a few people that have had yeah. some good success. Gerald, Gerald Rod Gerald Rod? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I trained with him. I, I threw with him. Uh, he started helping when I first started spinning, as well as my high school coach, which if there's anyone you should talk to, it's my high school coach. He's He was amazing. Um, wow. So, really... okay, so I – go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, there you go. I was going to ask because I'm intrigued now. I had no yeah. idea. There was a Coach Rod connection. So, was Coach yeah. Rod kind of laid the foundation for your beginning of rotational? Yeah, him and him and my high school coach. Yeah, they uh, they okay. both gave me tips. I started when I was in junior high, so I think I started seventh grade. I started messing with it in eighth grade was when I really actually started spinning. Okay, it's kind of interesting. Everybody asked me why I always foul in my practice throw videos, and just like because I I don't do that anymore. Like I don't work on it. But that's all yeah. you know. Do to at the beginning, you work on that so much. But I mean, yeah, he was great. That was a really cool time. I think uh, if you know Brody Gowing and. Cooper Campbell threw with them and uh, David mm -hmm. Roof and his little brother and my, my little brother. Uh, a lot of people actually uh, made it a point to uh, to go out to him in the Houston area. Well, what what was so unique about his coaching that you kind of grasped onto that at such an early age, if you don't mind me asking? I think he was just he just did a good job at teaching, you know, younger, younger kids and, and you know, younger teenagers how to actually properly spin. 
I think yeah. you know, he had a he had a kid that uh, threw collegiately, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know what school he went to, but he had a good grasp of just kind of dealing with that. You know, not a lot of people are able to do that, even at the you know later into high school. A lot of high school coaches can't. So he had a good grip on everybody that wanted to kind of do it. In the Houston area, people would go to him for a while, and then I only stopped when I started going to high school. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now, now, correct me if I'm wrong. That's 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 a good drive from the Woodlands to the Sugarland. How many days a week were you making that drive? Oh, uh, I gotta think about that. <laughs> that's a while ago. Well, probably, uh, you know, twice a week. Twice a week. But I mean, it's not. You know, Houston's so big. Uh, Forty-five minutes isn't really much. So. Yeah. 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 You know, I used to go to like. Oh, I did so much when I was younger. We'd go to like uh, we'd go to Humble and go to that Athletic Republic out there, which uh, huh. who is it that's running it now? It's not called Athletic Republic anymore. Um, I know the I know the guy's name. He was a football player and he's got a bunch of sons that have gone on to play in college. Okay. Um, but he runs that, and we used to go there and you know do cardio stuff and speed work there, and yeah. So we we I'm not we we were very used to driving out of out of the way sure. i used to also go i also trained with uh dalton Lerone a little bit when he was in college i was when i was younger and then uh also somebody else i'm gonna think uh jacob thormalen oh okay he, i went and trained with him a few times you know we drive out to austin for a day but my aunt lives here so we just stay the night but yeah so we go out well, there dude, you had every avenue to go out and be successful that's lucky. It's really just due to my parents. They, you know, help me out. That yeah. I liked it, so now did your mom, dad, did they, ha were they college athletes? What's kind of their background? Uh, so my mom was not a collegiate athlete. She did the drill team at her high school. And then my dad, he walked onto the football team at U of H and he ended up quitting after freshman year just because uh, he wanted to focus on school. Gotcha. He was working gotcha. in that, so it just made more sense for him to stop. But he, you know, he played football throughout high school, and he was he was athletic. And my my mom was good at what she did, so she was also athletic. Kind of just yeah. like them together that way. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, was your brother making those trips? Because he's a thrower as well, and yes. currently still at UT. Was he making those trips with you to coach Rod? Oh yeah, we we went we went together every single time. He actually went to Rod longer than I did. Uh, I think because okay. once I started high school. It didn't really make sense for me to go there anymore. Yeah, yeah. I don't know yeah. if you know, the Woodlands High School coach when I was there, he was he was a he was a great coach, and he had a lot. He'd always have people to state me. Gotcha. And, we also and that was. Hang on, before you go move, ahead. I'm before sorry. Before he moves on to high school, what was your PR when you were eight years old? <laughs> shot put? Do you oh. know, <laughs> or a middle school PR? I mean, we threw in high, and when I was eight, we threw like the four pound, and it was probably like <laughs> yeah. 24, 25 feet or something. It was something. You know, we were just a kid. But uh, another yeah. cool thing was when I was also younger, uh, I think seventh and eighth or eighth grade, he he took he, we traveled out to uh, Athens, Georgia, and did the uh, Adam Nelson and Reese Hoffa camp. Oh, and really? I actually, I actually did Adam Nelson's camp twice. So I have a good connection with him now. I don't talk to him as much as I should, uh, but he's always him and Reese have been great. You know, mentors, and they're always willing to pick up the phone and talk. And oh, they're always awesome. looking to give out advice. And it's 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 really been helpful to have somebody that's been there and talked to, you know, yeah. and it's, it's not still competing. That's always kind of a big thing. I think some people don't understand is 
oh, you, you know, you can, you get to talk to all of these, you know, older throwers and they get to kind of show you through the ropes and all that. And this, what they do, but at the same time, it's, it's kind of that double-edged sword for them. They can't really help me too much. And also <laughs> at the end of the day, I still want to beat them really bad. And, yeah. But you know, they're, they're always, they've always been very helpful and they know who they are. They've this last, this last, uh, the last few months was, was tough and it, yeah. it went well for me, but you know, they, they knew it was, it was also really cool meeting everybody and, and getting to talk to all the pros and creating Travel rules like that. that way. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, quick question about Adam Nelson that, and I know his mental approach before every throw, is that where you kind of stole that from or develop your own and the screaming and the emotion of getting into that ring and just letting it out? Yeah, he did help that. Uh, him and him and Reese, because um, they made it pretty apparent. If you want to do good at this, you're not going to be making what a football player makes. If you want to get the attention, you gotta you gotta bring it to yourself. Oh, there you go. So yeah. that was a, you yeah, yell for money. <laughs> I mean, but but I mean, other than that, it is it is making more fun. I think when I got to college, I'd done some in high school, but when I really got to college, I kind of turned it into my own. Gotcha, gotcha. So now That's it's awesome. You know, try to just be a psychopath but <laughs> understand we'll get into that so your high school coach gary mador is that it yeah gary mador so so what was your how did you how did y'all cross paths how was that first interaction and how did you develop such a strong relationship with your high school coach you know um you know and developing into a world-class thrower so young uh so me and his son are the same, or me and his youngest son are the same age. So we actually grew up playing little league football. And okay. uh, so my dad, he, he knows how to ask questions <laughs> sometimes to a fault, but uh, oh. he, um, <laughs> he, he would always, you know, he'd always let Gary know or, or coach Mador know that I was going to throw in high school and all this stuff when we were younger. And once I started getting older, he, he kind of made it a point to at least introduce me and stuff. So I did end up, you know, I went to high school and I had, we had already had a, a good few interactions. So at that point, you know, <laughs> I don't know. It's just a high school coach. Yeah. I think everybody goes in, it's, you get who you get, but I was just lucky. And at that point, yeah. because I was doing well and, and I respected him so much and I still do respect, still do. Sorry. I respect him so much. And at the time I definitely did. Yeah. Um, it kind of just worked out. Yeah. Um, very fortunate. Cause yeah, because your most of your high school coaches, how do I say this politically correct? Because I don't want to make anybody bad. You know, they don't really care that much about throwing. Let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you know, most don't, and that's fine. They're going to focus on what they want to focus on. But I was I was very lucky, and I still talk to him. You know, very frequently, and I, I try to go see him when I go back home, or if he's up around where I am, I try to make it a point to say hello. Is he still coaching? No, he uh, actually a couple of years ago he ended up taking he got a promotion at the school and decided to step away. So, which is fine. Okay. I'm actually very happy for him. He he's a lot less stressed with not dealing with yeah. coaching stuff, yeah. and he's you know probably making more money too. So that's a little nicer. <laughs> <laughs> now, was he a thrower as well? Did he? I know y'all there was a connection with his kids, but was he a background? Did he have uh, you know throwing rotation or anything like that? Uh, if I'm not wrong, and Gary, if I'm wrong, I'm sorry. I'm pretty <laughs> sure. I'm, I'm almost certain he threw a little bit in college. I, I don't know if he did all all years. I, I think he did. I know Hunter went to AM and he threw, I think, three years before. He had, he had an issue with his hand and his wrist. 
Okay. And that ended up taking him out, which is unfortunate, but he had a good time while he was there and he ended up wow. getting a good education. Wow. So, wow. Uh, but he, he did throw in college. I think, I think it was North somewhere Northeast because he's okay. from New York, but um, yeah, he ended up, he did throw in college and he's, he's, he's very passionate about it. He follows it all the time. I remember we went to a, in high school, he'd make the trip out to the USA nationals to make it on the world teams. Uh-huh. And uh, I think one time it was during USA's in California. It, it, uh, it's not it's in Sacramento. So I don't know if y'all have gotten to see that track. It's actually a pretty cool setup, but we ended up watching, uh, you know, the pros that day. And he was so excited to meet uh, Art Venegas. Oh, really? That was pretty cool. So, yeah. you know, he, that's, that's always a fun, that's always a fun thing to see. And, I have a question. Oh, so so did, Who's this guy? But yeah. yeah. <laughs> did, did he just coach track or was he a football track coach that just was real passionate about throwing? He he coached football as well. Okay. It's, it's Texas high school. You gotta coach football. I, I figured, but I thought, I mean, his <laughs> as interested he was in throwing, it made me think, well, maybe he was one of those rare just track coaches. Yeah, no, he 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 did he did uh he did coach football and that was cool. He, he, he was a good, he was a good, I think he was a good linebacker coach. Okay. So okay. yeah, you know, our team was really good as well, especially my senior year. So yeah. Yeah. You go, you go into your freshman year, you know, kind of, I don't want to say maybe people didn't know necessarily who you were. Some people probably did, but you go and throw 60 feet your freshman year and, and have a great season. Do you remember that transition? Because that was a transition from that light shot put to that 12 pound, um, yeah. And what was that transition like? I don't know. the. I don't remember the transition as much. I think in high school, comparing that to transition to college is such a, I wouldn't say easier, but, you know, you're not grown up. And when you are grown up, the, the diminishing returns is real. Uh-huh. But uh, going into that freshman year, uh, it was kind of like a cool thing of, okay, I get to beat all these older kids if I do well. And then uh, we got to – so I ended up doing well at districts. I got second. I did well in area. I got to regionals, and he was like, okay, we're just going to try to throw far. And I was like, well, we could probably make it. And uh, yeah, and he was like, you can, but it's going to be really hard. And then I ended up I ended up making it. I threw 58 feet at that meet on my last throw, but I'd already made it. So I, I think I PR'd by, by three or four feet that day wow. and ended up getting second. It was really cool. It was great. That was awesome. Yeah, and that was a really yeah. fun time. As a freshman. Yeah. yeah. Now at that at that time, I have to ask a technical question. Was yeah. that where that 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 long rotational leg pickup that was real quick, that long leg rotation and that linear entry into the center? Were you was that developed then that early, or is that just something you've kind of picked up through the years? You know, I'd have to look at a video. I don't think that was at all as developed. Okay. You know, my later high school videos, it starts getting better, especially getting wider out of the back. But that at that point, it wasn't nearly as good as it was by the end of my Oscar career. And it is obviously now. Yeah. Um, I just remember in that meet, like before I threw far, I was like, OK, I'm just going to focus on where I'm landing my feet in the ring and just push as hard as I can. And so I kind of vividly remember exactly what I thought about mentally before going into that throw. So that was really cool. And I still actually yeah. do that now. So, and, and that was great segue. So do you, do you kind of mentally picture your, your, your movement and the throw mentally before you, and you just try to duplicate what your brain sees mental images? 
Yeah, I'm very visual. So I'll, I'll actually, especially when I was injured and uh, during the ice storm of Austin, which is hilarious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And all that, I, I'd go and, you know, sometimes I'll just kind of meditate and, and kind of build the throw in my head. If I'm having like a rough few weeks and I can't figure it out, I'll make sure that I can vision, I can kind of do it mentally. And you'll actually, it's kind of funny for me. Sometimes I'll be just doing it wrong in my head. I'm like, why can't I fix this even in my head? (laughs) (laughs) It's an interesting concept of, uh, it's it's kind of strange. You think, you would think that like, you'd be able to do it perfect every time in your head, but you can't. So sometimes you have mental blocks and you got to kind of work through that. It just makes life a little bit easier. Yeah. But I, I like to do it and I know some other people do, but not everybody thinks the same, so. If you're out there and you want to try it, go ahead. Yeah. Are you a, are you a note taker? Because I know talking with like Krauser and stuff, he kind of keeps a diary and talking with some of other, our guests. You know, they kind of chronic everything that kind of goes on practice meets. Do you do that? So I've started this year. Um, I've done it before in the past and not gone into it. I've always had my workout sheets in college mm-hmm. and written down what I do. But now I'm trying to take a more active approach toward it, towards it just because I have more time and I'm not in school anymore, it's a lot easier to kind of really buckle down and focus on what's important. So I think that's going to help me a lot. So if I get used to doing it, I'll be able to go back and see, you know, I, I've written down what factors go into that day, like how much sleep I got, all of that, all of that good stuff. So that'll kind of be a, I'm going to see how that goes for me for the next few months. Nice, nice, nice. So, so I have to move back to your high school. <laughs> no, so I know we're going to be all over the place. Um, I do. You've, you've, you know, numerous state championships, you threw 74-11. Two things I want to know. Just did you ever think almost about how how much it could break the national record, Michael Carter's 81-8? But then also the fact of, you know, you had the opportunity at an early age to really throw at a high level. So did you think about maybe throwing at the Olympics when you were a freshman and going to state and breaking 60 feet? Did you say, man, because kids have aspirations to be a professional football at, at their freshman year. Yeah. Did you have those aspirations to be like, man, I could go to the Olympics. Yeah. Once I started doing really well, I, I kind of figured it would kind of be my ticket and I, okay. could, I could do it. I've always wanted it do well but you know that's that freshman year kind of made it real if that makes sense then really the sophomore year going to cali and doing well that made it even more of that made it more apparent so those kind of two years were really kind of the like the hammer if that makes sense yeah yeah so how did you juggle doing uh the the discus as well (laughs) in high school i was good college i wasn't (laughs) Did you did you win state in the discus, Tenny? I, I did you ever win state in discus? Yeah, your yeah, sophomore. I did. My sophomore year, I did. Yeah, then I got third, then I got second. Okay. And uh, I mean, it was cool. I just got to college, and especially my freshman year, I didn't try at it that hard, and I just kind of by that point, I'd fallen into. Uh, especially by my sophomore year, I'd kind of just fallen into. I want to do shot. I d- I still did discs to get points at the conference and all that, yeah. but uh, they're kind of laughable numbers now. And not very good. <laughs> we she, we were we were talking earlier, kind of prepping for this. She goes, "Well, what what was his PR and hammer? Did he ever do any hammer?" So we have to ask, "Did you ever try the hammer?" No hammer. I got a video of me falling trying to do weight. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, my freshman year I almost did weight. I had one practice where I threw it like a solid like seventeen, eighteen meters, uh-huh. something like that, which would have been it wouldn't have done anything. It would have gotten like. I would have gotten points of conference, 
but uh, you know that lasted for about two weeks before we were like yeah it's not really worth trying to work on no really working on yeah. gotcha gotcha okay well good so I, I so getting back to like you know breaking that record did you kind of when you started getting around that 70 74 75 were you looking at maybe 81 and saying man i have a shot at this i think by that point i i you know i wanted to obviously i always wanted yeah. to you know looking back at it now that's that'd be that'd have been so ridiculous um <laughs> you know i'm sure you all have heard a lot about it all oh, that the 80 i mean 81 feet's ridiculous in any any in any way shape or form so yeah, yeah. it'd have been cool but i mean i threw far enough yeah yeah that's true that's now i'm at the point where let's try to push up to those bigger numbers yeah have you ever had the chance to talk with michael carter you know about his high school career and kind of his process and maybe say my process as a high school throw was sort of like his have you spoke uh you know I, i've talked to him i think a few times i've, I've talked to michelle more Okay. She's actually also been very helpful with a few situations. Um, but um, Michael, I didn't, I didn't talk to him as much. Uh, gotcha. By the time we, he was out there at high school, I'd always say hello to him. I have a picture with him and stuff, but he was a little more soft-spoken and, you know, uh, he wasn't ever, at least with, with us, he wasn't as talkative and that's fine. Yeah. I think he was more interested in, you know, what he was doing. I think he was coaching his nephew at the time and, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. So did you ever get the tape measure out and pull it all the way out to 81 feet? And you're like, holy shit. <laughs> uh, our, uh, our high school pit actually is built out to 82 feet. So I've seen it every day. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, you had the visual. There you yeah, go. I, I know how far it is. It's a big there one. There you go. So how, I, so I want to know this because we don't know the answer and I'm just kind of curious. So, you know, the world meets the U18s, the U20s is kind of a, you know, out of the U.S. kind of meet, so to speak, more sanctioned. U.S. doesn't really put a lot of effort into those type of meets. Where did the idea of you starting getting involved that early as a youth into those meets, and how did that come about? How did you qualify for that U18 and turn around and go for the U20, you know, especially when you're in a, almost kind of in your high school season as well? So USATF has a junior and youth meet. And uh, it's to qualify for that. So youth one is pretty small. It's like right before Hershey or the Hershey one every year. Mm -hmm. and, uh, but, uh, you know, once you get on that team, there's a whole lot of stuff that goes into it. So you got to get ready. The youth one, we had a two-week, like, camp in America. And then we flew to Cali for two weeks. So we were gone for a month. Oh, wow. Was, that was so fun. That was such a good time, and you know they always cared for us. But then juniors came around; they had USA Junior or USATF Junior meet, or then Junior uh -huh. National meet. And so we do that, and uh, that's the one that a lot of people know more of now. So that's a little more; that's a little easier to find. And it's 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 um, actually uh, sorry, it's marketed a little better than the yeah. Junior. So a lot more people go to it, and then also there's a few freshmen call or college freshmen that'll get into that. And uh, I initially, my dad, he must have just seen a post or he just heard about it. And he was like, hey, we're going to go to this meet and see if you can go. And I was like, cool. So because, you know, we were used to traveling every summer for, you know, uh, the Junior Olympics since I was eight. So we were always yeah. kind of expecting to travel in the summer for track. 
Gotcha. Right. Gotcha. Was that, and that was the first time you actually were putting on the USA and like, I'm representing my country in this event, right? Yeah. Yeah. In 2016. Yeah. 15, yeah. 2015. 2015. Yeah. Yeah. What do you remember putting that uniform on and what that experience was like? I remember getting the whole kit when I was in Chicago at the training camp and it was awesome. And we were all, there were about 50 of us. We were like, oh my God, we just got a whole bunch of gear. And so that was really cool. Yeah, the Nike and then, check and all this type. Do you still have the uniform and all the, the warm-up suit and all that? Yeah, it's somewhere. Uh, one of the, that one specifically, yeah, it's back at home. Back at home. Um, I think I've done a better job at keeping credentials and stuff. <laughs> um, but I've got all, all the bibs, especially in my room still. And then this is the one from Worlds. It's just on the floor. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So with that, that track uniform probably wouldn't fit, would it? If you were that <laughs> He's skinny. It might. It might. It, he's skinny. Hey, he's probably, probably, I, mean, I don't know. You know how Nike is. They don't really fit. <laughs> so. Yeah, they might not. So, But well, I mean, yeah, I've got it. I've got the jersey at least somewhere. Yeah, I'm, I'm gotcha. sure uh, I have the medal and all that. And my mom was like, oh, we're going to frame it and put it in a shadow box or whatever. And. I was like, okay, put the jersey in there or something. Yeah. I, yeah. It's been years. I don't know where it is. <laughs> yeah, I know where it is. So, I have, so. haven't seen the shadow box yet. So <laughs> <laughs> she's working on it. She's working on it. Two yeah. more high school questions. Yeah, little. She got a little. She's got much more important things to worry about. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're. You have a little sister too. Yeah, she just got to Texas actually. So she was at the oh, wow. OU Texas game last week. So, nice. kind of cool. so she's a freshman. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Not a thrower? No. Okay. She's a dancer, right? Yeah, she did the she did our dance team at Texas. Oh okay, okay. nice. Or not at nice. Texas, sorry, at the Woodlands. She's she's uh being a student here. Hi, my name is Meredith McGee, and my father is the founder of Porta Circle. We created Porta Circle in order to make throwing more accessible so that you can truly train anywhere. Growing up in Rochester, while there was often a roadblock toward training, and having the Porta Circle was a lifesaver for both the indoor and outdoor season. Circles start at $149 and go to our website to learn more. www.porta-circle.com Porta Circle, making training convenient. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So out of the, out of the marks and the meets that you won during your high school career, is there one that you're most proud of? Is because you wore four four state championships, you threw really, really far, the third best mark in Texas high school history. Is there something that you're proud of that you want to share that we might be surprised about during your high school career? Uh, other than Cali and my freshman year, Cali was yeah. really cool. Freshman year was that was insane at state and getting third. That was probably one of, or really regional re, regionals in that one really stand out in my mind well. And so does Cali, obviously, because that okay. was such a huge ordeal. And I can get into the story of that meet too. But other than that, and other than this, I mean, the state meets are obvious, I guess. But really, other than that, uh, New Balance Outdoor is my junior year when it was yeah. Bronson and uh, and Jordan. That was crazy. So that was a really cool meet to win. And uh, it was really exciting and, and I had a great time and we all threw really well. I think three of us went over 70 and we were going yeah. back and forth the whole time. So that was a great, that was a great, that was a great meet. 
Yeah. Well, go ahead. Oh, say, so I have some more high school questions before you move. Oh, on. go ahead. I'm uh, sorry, so, Trip. She, uh, <laughs> she, she runs the show. I, I, <laughs> did you continue to play football all through high school, or did you? I know you said you knew you wanted to throw. At yeah. Pretty soon, did you keep playing football? No, I stopped after my sophomore year. So after I actually, I called them when I was in Cali, and I was like, "Hey, I'm done." Really? <laughs> they weren't very happy about that. Now, were you a guard, right? Yeah, I didn't enjoy playing guard. I'd rather have played – if I had played uh, defensive line, I probably would have kept playing and just to play. I wouldn't have done it in college. I, would, I don't think personally I would have been tall enough. Yeah. And, I I mean, I wouldn't have gone to Texas, that's for sure. So, yeah, um, yeah that was – I just I was done with it. Yeah. And sometimes I look it. back and I'm like, ah, oh, I could have probably done well doing this, but not as not this good. Yeah, not this good. Yeah. Well, you could have been, been the first professional football player thrower. You never know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Michael did it, but they don't do that anymore. Yeah, too That's tough true. on the body. Before we jump into your college career and stuff, so looking back at your high school career when you chose to just be a thrower, yeah. what advice would you have for any kids? You know, we have a lot of kids who still do both, and we encourage the multi-sport. You know, do you – like say hey at what point do you single this out and say i'm just gonna do this do you have any advice for anybody or I mean, mo most important of all of this is to enjoy it so if you're enjoying doing more than one sport then keep doing it there's no real you know there's no real reason not to in high school you're so resilient and you can you can keep doing all that stuff i mean there, there's probably a few situations that I didn't, you know, experience where, you know, maybe it makes a lot more sense for you to stop. But in most situations, especially since one's in the fall, one's in the spring, and it doesn't really hurt to just keep being active, you might as well. Because even when, even, you know, in the fall, that next year, my junior, my senior, I was still in the track class and I was still working out every single day. So mm. I think the only thing that really changed was I didn't have to do football. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. No, I just I lied. Another high school question. <laughs> so your freshman and sophomore year, you know, throwing was a big part of your life. So during football seasons, did y'all throw on Saturdays and Sundays? You know, did you kind of throw year round where that was your preparation? I wouldn't start throwing till at least like November. Okay. And then obviously okay. that changed in college. But yeah. uh, a lot of it, I think my first two years when I was doing football, I didn't start till maybe even January. Or okay. no, it's not true. It had to have been December, but it wasn't anything intense because I. It depends on when. Uh, whenever New Balance indoors would be held. Mm, yeah, March. Start, you know, a few. I had to start at least a month before that. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I don't remember the whole timeline, but it wasn't nearly yeah. as early as it is now. But it also wasn't like. Oh it's track season you need to start throwing it was definitely earlier i yeah. think there, you know, there were a few times where i started in november definitely when i was out of football yeah well, yeah we just had conversations with other guests where people would suggest they didn't people don't throw enough and so the one reason that made them successful is during football season or even volleyball season they would go out with their parents on saturdays or sundays and get throws in yeah. So when they would come into their meets or indoor meets January, February, or get ready for the outdoor seasons, they were not peaking, but they were prepared because they got the reps in. So I was just wondering if kind of what your approach was during that time. I mean, I always, I always took it earlier, 
but I mean, I was much more serious than most people were at the time. And yeah. Probably are now. Yeah. Sure. Which leads me to my question I was going to ask too. It's another high school question. Because I, I We're going to dwell in the past. No, it's just, I know there are going to be a lot of, we have a lot of high school kids and who know who, you know, can kind of connect with you because you're you know, younger, a little closer to what yeah, they are as yeah. you're moving up in your career. And the, so, what sacrifices do you feel like you made as a high school athlete, you know, four-time state champion, knowing that you were going to throw in college and have those aspirations? What were some things that you, I don't want to say didn't do, but you know what I mean? Like kids have to, they have to make sacrifices to be successful. Yeah, I mean, you didn't just show up to track practice, probably like your buddies and throw a few times and leave. I mean, yeah. what, what things you may have done. So it really kind of goes down to what you value. And uh, if you value doing this in a legitimate level then you're gonna have to you know really uh sacrifice your time that's kind of the biggest one and if you if you wanted to be as strict as i am now about it you could but you're not going to enjoy high school and i think there is a big level of uh a big level of understanding there you need to still have fun while you're young so still go out and i mean i'm not telling you to go sneak out and do stupid stuff but <laughs> yeah you gotcha. experience it once i mean don't 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 go get arrested don't do stupid things but yeah. like you know have, have fun with your friends still do stuff like that but then you know during the week you shouldn't be doing that stuff anyway even if you are in school so you know maybe focus up spend the extra days working out i always i mean i think i worked out five days a week which or, or maybe even every day of the week sometimes which now looks stupid but uh <laughs> you know i'd i'd go every single night after school i'd go and uh so my days were I'd have, you know, school in the morning, in the middle of the day, we'd have the track class. So I would run and do stuff then. And then after school, we'd throw. And then after that, I'd go and work out at uh, Cisco's, which is the trainer I went to. In, yeah. you know, so I was okay. putting in hours and I had a lot of friends that wanted to do it too. So or not, not just in track, but like a good friend of mine, Zach Lone, he, he'd go to the same place with me and, you know, he was there every day with me. So okay. I don't recommend going to, you know, like a 24 hour fitness as much as I do. If you, if you, if your parents can afford it and you, or you can, you know, spare the time to go find a good trainer, I'd say that's kind of the biggest sacrifice there is invest. If you want to be good, you need to invest into it. So trying to work out on your own with no help, not looking things up, not putting at least a little bit of money towards it. And I don't like saying that because it's in high school and you should realistically every single high school especially in texas has a weight room and you can mm -hmm. go train there they'll, they'll have their hours but you can always train there after school and if you have a good group of friends that want to go with you sacrifice your time go work out with them um awesome. me it was just a little bit different i'd go train with cisco and our friends would be there and it wasn't that expensive and we had a good time and i think i did that my sophomore junior and senior year i was there every single day so you know you need also Another one is definitely do treatment, but you're in high school, you're resilient, you'll be fine. Um, you'll learn that if you go to college, that that becomes very important. Uh, but I mean, really, it's like you need to, there, there's always a balance. But at the same time, if you want to go to college and do this, you have to kind of dedicate yourself at a higher level than most kids would. And that goes for really any sport. You know, a lot of kids in, in every single D1 school, there's a lot of kids on the team that aren't really spectacular, but they just work harder than everyone else. And that's why they got so if you if you put it it's really just a work thing if you and don't do it if you're not having fun that's that's really a big part 
I probably should have said that first. If you don't enjoy it, there's no point in trying to do it in college because it only yeah. takes up more of your time and gets harder. Mm -hmm. But if you do and you want to be good, you're going to have to sacrifice that. You can't just get good overnight. Yeah. I think that's, uh, you know, nobody ever told me that except for my dad. And you're always going to have your mentors in your life that I, I don't want to say it's some things because not everybody's situation is different. But like for me, it was like my dad cared about what I did and my trainer and the people that I met through the sport cared about how good I did. So they pushed me to do better and they pushed me to work harder and they pushed me to put more time into it. Wow. And it, and takes a it takes a village. Yeah, yeah, it does. And I had a lot of friends that I met through the sport that, I mean, it's not even just throwing. Like, so I was lucky enough, obviously, to go to those international meets to meet a lot of people. And, you know, I have friends here. If you follow Texas track and field at all, you know, Jonathan Jones, and Brian Heron, uh, they're two, some of my closest friends from the team. EJ, the coach's son, he's now training professionally. We've always been really close. None of them are throwers, but we still push each other. I still go watch them run. I still go watch them practice. They'll come up and, you know, support me and what I do. And it's nice to always have that, you know, support. So it, you're going to find it in, in many, many different ways. And I could go on forever about, you know, how many people have helped and how many facets and, and, and things I've, I've, I've noticed over the years and I've decided to put value on. But it really kind of just starts with you. Gotcha. That's great. awesome. Yeah, great, no, great that's answer. Good. That's great answer. Great answer. So, move. We graduated high school. I don't know. I can. I can. I can <laughs> no. I can. I can, I can tell you all about brain. every single yeah. meet. Yeah. I, I can pick his high school brain forever. Well, but yeah. I mean, we're gonna get into your recruiting. So <laughs> okay. you chose Texas, yeah. and at that time, uh, Mario Santega was, I'm guessing, recruited you to Texas, right? Yeah. So my 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 story is a little different on that one. Okay. Please share. Uh, I, I we want to know your five choices and how you wound up to Texas. Oh, I definitely committed junior year with only two choices. Oh, so okay. It was, yeah. It was Texas or Georgia. And uh, I went to Texas and Mario was like, we will give you this if you verbally commit. And I was like, cool. And I went to Georgia and they didn't do that. And so I was like, I do like Texas. I've always liked Texas. My mom went there. And I was like, it's, you know, everything in that city. Athens is actually really cool too. So for me, I valued I wanted to be closer to home, which was actually nice. I didn't like, I could have gone to Georgia and been happy, but I'm happy I stayed here now. Um, yeah. Looking back at it, actually. Yeah. I mean, but really yeah. everything, the, the amount of, uh, you know, tools that Texas is, is able to provide, it really made it easy. And I just always loved, I idolized Texas, that and U of H. Um, U of H, I've, I didn't go to, if I didn't do sports, I would have gone to Houston in a heartbeat. My dad knows that. But um, it really is, it really was kind of just an easy no-brainer choice for me personally. Okay. And I know that's that's not the answer that y'all probably wanted to give high school kids no. that are dealing with, no. you know, especially the top tier people <laughs> out there that are, well, I'm kind of curious, not to interrupt, that are I'm out here curious. dealing with going on five or six visits in their senior yeah. year. Yeah. I can give you advice on that though, but I'll give it to you from the perspective of, of a college athlete. And this honestly is very important because we've had instances where don't, people don't get this. When you go on a visit to a college, you are not picking the college. That is not 100% of the reason you're going there. It is 50% you choosing the college, and it's 50% the college choosing you. Great point. You go there, and you make an ass of yourself in the first 30 minutes, which has happened before. We will look at each other and be like, he is not coming here. Do not offer him. So you need to, you need to look at that too. Like you need to make a good impression on people. 
and don't stress about it. Still be yourself because you don't you want to be able to connect with the team in the way that you want to connect with them. But you know, some kids just get there and it's not it's not the fit. Yeah. Uh, also, that another thing. And everybody's situation is different. Try to try to get to a position where you're comfortable being away from home. So when I say that in a way of don't don't go somewhere because it's right next to home and you want to see your parents every weekend. And, you know, again, I didn't value that as much as some people do. So this is really coming from my position. But you do have to find a way to detach yourself and, and grow up, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And then also probably actually the biggest thing I don't can't believe I almost forgot this. Uh, coaches in college leave. They leave all the time. <laughs> Nobody's job is stable in college. If you're a college coach, no matter how good you are or what, or what you think they are, make sure you're going to a college because you like being there and you, and you value the education and you want to study something there. Don't go there because of a coach. It happens probably, you know, 60% of the time where a kid gets to a college and the coach leaves and they're like, Oh, what am I going to do? Yeah. And they just go to the transfer portal and then they can't find it. And then, you know, next thing you know, they're a junior, they've been at three schools. Which some people it works for, again, everyone's situation is different. Yeah, but you need to. Well, that, you, there, you have so much control over the situation, as as a senior in high school. Make sure you 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 know. For me, my the the things that I made sure that I wanted in a school was number one location. I like Austin. It's cool. It's in Texas. I love Texas. Education is extremely important. So those are really kind of hand in hand there. And then it was track. After being like, okay, I'm closer to the family. That's a cool plus then it's track. Okay. You know? Great point. Yeah. Great point. Well, that, that scenario kind of happened to you. You were recruited by, yep. by Mario, you know, then all of a sudden you're there your freshman year and he's let go. Right. Yep. And he, and, and he was your, not only was he the head coach, he was your throws coach. Right. If you buy in. So Mario wasn't my throws coach. Actually, he was the head coach. Oh, okay. Uh, Ty Saban. Ty Saban. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I was – I almost did transfer, actually. I, there was a part of me that was like, okay, I could go to Georgia and have fun, or I could go to Arizona State and do this or that. But I, I kind of trust – you know, CDC came in, he fired our, our training, our coaching staff, which at the time made sense – well, looking back at it now, it made sense on why that happened. Um, I don't need to go into detail about that. You don't but, need to. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, the, he, he – I found out Flo got hired, which is the head coach now. And he called me and he gave me assurance. He's like, we're going to hire a throws coach and you're going to be fine. And I was like, okay, you got it. And so I just kind of give it a chance. And, you know, if that does happen, there is always that opportunity option, no matter what, if you love the school so much, you're always going to think about it. There's always going to be there. There's always going to be the option. You can't just be like, oh, I'm buckling down here. No matter what, nobody, nobody is like that. Gotcha. Nobody just, nobody just sits there. Everybody hedges their bets. So um, again, Pick the school you want to be at, not the coach you want to train with. Because another part of it is you go there and you end up not buying into his program, you're not going to do anyway, get, do good anyway. You got to also really buy in, trust the coach, trust what he tells you, and uh, make sure that you can – because all it's going to do is build confidence in yourself. If you, can if you can trust your coach so you can get you out of holes in the meet, then you're going to be fine. Yeah. You're going to have more confidence in yourself, so – that's another big part of it, but you know, that's again, I could talk about this for hours. <laughs> no, that's awesome. So that's when, when so when he told you that he was he's gonna get you a throws coach, and it's announced that Zeb Zion's gonna be your throws coach. Were you familiar with Zeb? Did you have? Yeah, a I was. 
Oh, you okay? Let's hear this. So, it, like indoors, show it up. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm 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 kind of uh, part of my French a shithead, and uh, no. you know, it indoors, I'd like seen him and I shook hands and said hello and stuff, and it like I'm about to throw my first throw in the meet. I looked at him and winked before I threw, and so oh, there you go. I'd always known who he was, and you know, obviously, he came here. We have a great relationship now, but um. So that was kind of funny. I remember Flo actually told me, he's like, have you heard, have, what do you, what do you think about Zeb Sion? And I was like, uh, I don't think he'll leave Sanford, but you can try. And I kind of just brushed it off. I was like, there's no way he's getting this guy to coach here. And then next thing you know, he's our coach. I was like, oh, this is great. I'm super excited. So I'm, you know, very blessed in that situation. I got very lucky and some people don't, but yeah, yeah. so that was, that was a great, that was kind of a great transition into it. So what was that first meeting of y'all two really kind of sitting down and he kind of telling you his coaching perspective of what maybe you need to work on in development, but then also just like you said, of you buying in to a new voice and a new perspective in your development? Well, he was very, he's very hands-on. And uh, when he first got here, he made that very clear. He's like, I'm going to watch everything you do. I'm going to pay attention to all your lifts. I'm going to write all your workouts, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, cool. Just tell me what to do. I'm always... I like the structure. I've always liked structure. So when somebody is like, I'm just going to lay this out for you and you can do it. I'm like, cool, say less. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he is, he's very, very, very in-depth. And I think that's helped a lot. He, it was never really, we never absolutely tore down my form built from the ground up. That was never okay. going to be the situation. It was, you know, I was already throwing 2040 as a freshman and it's like, you can't, you don't go there and destroy it, but he did a really, really good job at enhancing the things that I needed to change and or, or sorry fixing the things i needed to change and enhancing what works so now you know my form is much different now i've i, I we fixed so many things especially this last year this last year was, was insane after i got injured coming back you know completely redoing myself and and coming back from the injury in the way that i did it was all really thanks to what he what we worked on in the ring and and really 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 focusing and hammering down on form like just basically shedding everything and be like, we're not going to worry about anything until we get this down. And so that, you know, I was a little bit weaker this year. I was definitely smaller and I still threw, you know, very consistently at about where I was when I got hurt. So yeah, yeah. it really worked out. Was that his suggestion for you to lose weight your, yeah, your last so, year? So to that take was, pressure off the ankle? Yeah. We, once I finished at trials or at the Olympic trials, it was like, okay, you're not going to touch a weight for two months and you're going to go and, you know, get in shape and let's, let's get comfortable. Cause by that time it was like, I was like 320 or something and it was not comfortable being that heavy. And I was like, I don't want to be this big right now or really ever. We'll see how that changes throughout my career, but it just made more sense to kind of just basically like we call it, we're just going to recreate a base. Okay. So this year is really going to be kind of this year. I'm very excited because I just, I just started training last week. So I'm doing still fitness lifts. I'm not doing actual lifting right now. Yeah. Um, or I'm lifting, but I'm not doing actual, like I'm not putting bar plates on my back and just going. Yeah. Like I'm very excited to get into that to see how much farther I am from last year. Cause my ankle, obviously you don't do anything for two, you don't spot for two months or anything. You're going to take a huge hit in that. So I'm excited to see how much last year's going to carry over and really kind of propel this next season. Wow. Wow. Can we talk a little bit about that injury? Cause that, that's a, that was a fluke thing. And I, I don't know yeah. if you know anything about me, but 
I had aspirations of having a pro career and doing this. And I broke my ankle almost in kind of the same situation yeah. that you did, but I did never got it fixed until to this day, 25 years later, it still bothers the shit out of me. And she can validate that. Yeah. What someone, was, sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say what that happens to you kind of, walk us through your your mental aspects because it's my understanding that dude you just kind of flipped flipped the switch and was like rehab 24 7 and you were going yeah. to overcome and persevere through this adversity you know and obviously it's a little different because i was in college and not just any college i was at university of texas it's huge so they were able to spend the money on getting it fixed and and really buckling down but i was like it's the olympic it, the olympic trials are this year it's like this is all i care about so I need to make sure that I get healthy enough to at least go there and try. So that was kind of the goal there. But also, as much as I didn't want to at the time, you know, they say surgery, and this really goes for any sport, especially when you're in college. I mean, really, even in high school, it, but again, that's a situational thing. If you can afford surgery, you, you do it. Like if they're telling, if, if a professional doctor is telling you that you need to get this fixed this way, they're probably not wrong. Um, it's very rare that a doctor is, is desperately wrong. Yeah. So, you know, and obviously at the university of Texas, we have, we have, you know, doctors in town that only work on the athletes. So I go there and the guy's like, listen, you could sit here and not get this, you could not have surgery, not get it fixed. It'll be the same recovery time, except it may not ever get better. I'm like, as much as I don't want to get surgery, there's really not an option. Gotcha. So. Again, it's if you want advice out of that, listen to the people that are trying to help you. How soon after the accident did you have that surgery? Oh, it so it happened uh, the week before indoors. I came back, so I, I still threw it indoors. It was terribly painful. I will never yes. do that again. <laughs> well, you still threw it outdoors. You still came oh, well, back. That, that's, that's a different story. Um, <laughs> so I went. You know, it happened that Monday and the next day I was like, this hurts really bad. And the whole time I did not see the video of what happened. So I was like, this is a lateral sprain. So I'll be worst case. I'm back in three weeks. Yeah. You know, um, it's bad, but I'll still push through. I'll be fine. Uh, and they go and do they do the tests on the high ankle and I'm not feeling any pain. So I'm like, OK, I'm fine. There's just a little swelling up there. It was really still swollen, mostly down by the ball of my ankle. Mm -hmm. or in that you know the end of the bone or at the end of my fibular head and there's a lot of uh there's a lot of swelling down there so they kind of kind of makes sense but it just hurts and it hurt like hell it was really terrible and so they put me in a boot that whole week i was just like i don't know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna try to push through it and build up scar tissue and then go there and i did not throw until warm-ups of that meet oh, and wow. it was the warm-up was terrible it was really funny <laughs> but going into that meet it was like um, my trainer was like, you know, your mind is very powerful. If you tell yourself to do something and you can kind of grip through it, you're going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> you just have warnings that go off and tell you not to. So if you can push through that, you're, you're still going to throw, you can do it yeah. perfectly. And then, you know, I ended up, I didn't do well, but I ended up throwing and pushing through it. And I was really proud of myself for that. But, you know, I get back the next, the next week. And uh, I think I had a doctor's appointment that Tuesday and they were like, Hey, you're going to get surgery. Or I got imaging the second I got back. Then they were like, doctor's appointment Tuesday, you're going to get surgery on Thursday. And I was like, okay, cool. Oh, wow. Was that supportive of you throwing in that meet or kind of like, 
holding off or is it left it up to you? Uh, you know, I can't really remember. That's kind of a fever dream at this point. Yeah, um, gotcha. That was like, I kind of told him, I think we talked about it briefly and it was like, hey, we're going to still try. And he was like, cool. And he was like, I'm not cool. going to force you to do this, but if you want, it was, you know, it was a mutual decision. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So you go through that strenuous rehab. I think you actually come back to that conference meet, right? The Big 12 conference and you win it yeah. on, and you just do one throw. I threw for the first time, I think three days or two or three days before the meet. And then I took two or three throws. And then I was like, yep, we're done. And then I went to regionals, took one throw. And NCs, I took all of them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. the, the, and you just let out the biggest scream, I recall, of all yeah. the videos yeah. and stuff. That was the that's the greatest yell of trip pippery, you know, scream <laughs> that you ever heard. <laughs> I'll get back to it. Don't worry. <laughs> but yeah, that was, you know, that was all just kind of I was on crutches for five weeks and then two weeks before conference, I got off of them. So it was all just Can a I big snowball effect. Of, yeah. Was yeah. Two seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you get through that, you get, you get rehabbed, you're getting ready for, you know, your senior year, you, you know, you kind of drop some weight, you come back from trials. What was the mindset coming into this, your last year of throwing, getting ready for, you know, the U S championships and even possibly the world's what was the game plan? So after Olympic trials, I was not happy. Yeah. You know, a lot of people would be like, holy shit, you made it this far. Me being me. I was like, nope, that was not good. Um, coming into this season, it, I, I deconstructed all of my thought processes. Like, I just need to focus on what's important. So getting into indoors, I need to focus on indoor nationals. Going into outdoors, I need to focus on outdoor nationals. And then after that, you know, go to, okay, we're going to go to USA's and they're taking four people this year. We're getting top four no matter what. And then uh, obviously I made worlds and that was, you know, dream come true. Did, did what I wanted to do. That was the big goal, make worlds. It's so like, we set yeah. it up. We were like, we're not going to focus on this, but the goal this year is to make worlds. And I was like, cool, let's focus on everything before. Or he told me, let's focus on everything before. Cause you know, I was like, we're going to make worlds. Uh, <laughs> but you know, you got to take everything as it comes. You can't get ahead of yourself. And I think I did a good job this last year of kind of focusing on that aspect of it. But uh, yeah, really it was just a, uh, Take every meet as it go, as it comes, throw as far as you can, and uh, do it when it matters. Yeah. So, indoors didn't go the way I wanted it to. Obviously, God yeah. bless Turner; he did really well, and uh, I'm hoping he does well this next year. And I'm actually glad he's throwing again. I was not happy that he told me, he told me he was not going to. I was like, "You're stupid." Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm hoping he does well and all that. But you know, outdoors, I came out, I did what I did, and I, I'm, you know, proud of myself. And then USA was like stress. I actually uh, really? tore my, <laughs> I had a lot of injuries this year. Which is oh, really? Things. Yeah, I had a lot of like my, like acute things. So I actually tore my bicep like a week before uh, USA's. Your right so bicep? My left no, one. So as you can oh, see there, it's wow. yeah, shredded now. And it How happened. How do you like, tear your left one? Yeah, so it's from blocking. So when I blocked through, I tore it. And then, you know, so I'm going into USA's and I'm my, the only thing I'm thinking of is I'm like, this is about to hurt really bad and we're just going to have to go for it. So you can actually see, like, if you, I, I have pictures, you can go look. Yeah. 
maybe you'll be able to tell me practice. Yeah, it was in practice, and I was like, shit, that's not fun. Oh, wow. And I had, had, I think, before the LSU meet, before our outdoor conference, I'd pulled a, I'd strained my, I always strain my pec minor. It happens all the time. So that happened, and and it took about a week, and I was fine. I mean, it sucks, but is another thing, if you get hurt, don't try to force it. Take the time to rehab it, and then I say ease in. I go harder than I should every single time. But like, listen to your body and, and you'll get through it quicker and listen to what people will tell you to how to fix it, all that stuff. But uh, anyway, back to that. So when this happened, I was like, okay, we'll be good in a week because it felt the same. Yeah. I felt the terror, but I was like, okay, we're good. You know, a week goes by, it's not better. I'm like, uh-oh, we throw at the end of this week. Yeah. And so at this point, I'm just like, well, we just got to do it now because I'm not going to sit out. And so it ended up being worse because I tore that. So this bottom head is still connected, but yeah. this top one isn't. This top one is, you know, that's the end of it right there. Oh, so wow. I went into that meet, and at that point, I just, you know, developed the tolerance to be able to be fine. But my my arm was like swollen in that meet. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. So are you planning on getting it fixed eventually? No, okay. no. It, it was great. I went and got imaging, and they're like, I mean, you could go get it meshed and be out for three months, or it's if it doesn't hurt it's probably healed and i was like cool yeah yeah Yeah. sure so so overcome all those little nagging injuries Mm -hmm. you know you you make the finals for the world that had to be an amazing accomplishment we watched and (laughs) the one dude the one thing i'll say about you know as i'll bring this up earlier is i loved you your mental approach because i view you as nothing is too big for you yeah just around do you have that mentality because i i watch how ron speaks to you and joe interacts with you and you know you're passing and nick pazio pats you on the back and you got all these guys there they're kind of watching out for you a little bit but you're just like i'm here and i'm about to kick your ass mentality (laughs) but i appreciate the pat (laughs) yeah it's it's one of those you know i'm definitely i was the youngest person in that competition hell yeah yeah and so you get into it and you, it's an understanding of like, oh, he's just a little kid, you know, but I've always gone into meets that I, you know, 2019 is a great example of this. I went into that meet and I remember waking up in the morning. And I was like, I don't know how today's going to go, but I'm going to go have fun. I'm just going to, like, what's going to do good for me? Be like, oh, I definitely shouldn't win. Like there's yeah. no, I'm not going to do well. And so I always tell myself, even when it's hard to convince that of happening, that I can do it. And there's only really been a couple of times where I'm like, okay, I really probably won't. And that was uh, later this summer when I was just beat down, tired, those last couple of meets. But yeah. I was like, okay, I need to go here and just do well enough to make sure I look good for people. <laughs> yeah. You no, know, going into that meet, you know, I'd worked all year for that. And so I was, you know, my whole goal was even, first of all, make finals, obviously. Did mm-hmm. that, you know, two days later, I talked to coach. My goal from that point on is I want to get a medal. So I went into yeah. that meet, I went into the final, and my whole goal was to try to get third, which didn't happen. I was disappointed, but. You know, you look back at it now, and I look back at my molar and be like, that was pretty crazy what I did. And, yeah, what? Um, um, I'll always cherish it. So that's, that's, yeah. it's a good, it's good. And it really kickstarted my career professionally. And now I've, you know, I've got a really good base coming in next year, and I just got to keep pushing. Gotcha. Gotcha. Is that, were you, is that kind of what says, okay, I'm going to go get agent? Cause I think you just signed with Karen Locke, right? You're right. Yeah. So I signed with her like two days after nationals. 
Okay, that's right. In great, how, how, because we know about football agents and how that works. How does one get a track agent? I'm serious because, you know, they're, they're not like, you know, is there a brochure? You know, is there a pamphlet? <laughs> Listen, the, these agents, especially in the, you know, the sprinting events and stuff like that, they know who you are in, in college. And if they want you, they will reach out to you. Oh, they'll find you. Yeah. Now you. you can reach out to some people. I know I had a friend that was doing it and he spoke to other agents and, you know, agents will take on most people. I mean, depending, obviously I should clarify that they won't take on yeah. just anyone. Like if you've right. done well, they will think about it and consider it and see if you're a good fit. Obviously it's a yeah. business relationship, but, um, you know, at that point, my dad had been talking to Karen online for years. Oh, okay. So, uh, <laughs> He's asking you know, all the right questions, right? Asking yeah, all the and questions. she is a great, 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 great agent. I cannot speak highly enough of her. She's amazing at what she does. And me not signing with her would have been a foolish decision. So, yeah, you know, she oh. gave me the offer and she started sending me all the people's numbers, like talk to them, tell them how I am. And I remember at one point I was on the phone, I was like, you don't have to sell me. <laughs> I was like, I, I know you're good. She was like, oh, okay, I'm sending the documents. I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> like, you don't need to you, i was like you don't need to have me talk to everybody like i, I know i'm gonna i'll sign with you you don't have to tell me twice <laughs> well she was making sure all her everything was covered. yeah no and she but she's really she's really great and you know agency and and track is a little bit different from football so that's a whole other subject yeah. i don't even know all about yet so i can't really speak yeah on. you're yeah. learning so did she organize your trip to go to the diamond league and and walk us through that experience and and those two you know, those two meets basically in like a three or four day span, that had to be yeah. a pretty cool, like you were like, I'm a professional thrower. Yeah. So, uh, after worlds, I was like, I had already decided I was going to do NACAC. Mm -hmm. And, uh, she was like, okay. I basically was like, cool. I'll be competing again in three weeks. And like the next Wednesday I had taken a full week off after worlds. And I was like, just now starting up again. She texts me, she goes, got you into a meet in Memphis. I was like, huh? I was like, what? Like, I, probably, <laughs> I didn't know this. I talking about this. And so uh, she goes, yep, got you in. And I was like, let me talk to my coach about it before you schedule anything. But basically that's how it goes. She gets you like, the, I could set my schedule for the next season, but it's not ever, it's tentative. Yeah. So when I, you know, that happens and I ended up going and I was very happy. I went, it was a great meet and I did well. Um, yeah, you said tw over 21. Yeah, I did. I did. It was a great meet. I was tired as hell and I did good. So yeah, kind of, that was kind of a big eye opener for me. But, you know, after NACAC, I didn't think I was going to get to go to Diamond League. I thought NACAC was going to be my last meet up until like three days before NACAC. And she goes, hey, I got you into uh, Brussels. And I was like, oh, cool. She's like, yep. And then uh, like it comes to like a week before the meet and I saw on my flights. And I'm like, hey, uh, should we schedule this? And she goes, calm down. And I was like, oh, OK. And then she goes, <laughs> I was like, okay. And like the next day later, she goes, got you into Italy the next day or three days later. And I was like, okay, cool. Oh, wow. So she, you know, she's, she's very to the point and I respect and appreciate that, but it's, it's kind of funny at first. You're like, oh, okay. I'll shut up. Just kind of kind of let, her, let her do her thing. And she's yeah. good at it. So she got me there and she got me flights to the country and I, you know, that's awesome. Very appreciative. Very, very did appreciative. You, did you, your dad or your brother, did the family travel over there with you? How was that experience? Uh, that was just me. Oh, wow. Yeah. You, oh, wow. I was putting it. Uh, it was cool. It was it, honestly, you know, I'm, I'm very blessed to be in a position where 
now I can call this my job and my profession where I'm going to be yeah. traveling, you know, across the world. And that's a very cool thing to be able to say and be able to do. And I'm making enough money to survive. So, you know, all of that combined, I'm very lucky. And uh, looking back at it now, I'm like, okay, I'm, it's great. And I'll get to see a few things, but at the end of the day, it's still business. So when I, you know, I got to Brussels, I think the day before I walked around the park and said, this is cool. I've gotten to see Brussels and then I competed. <laughs> and then I went to Italy and we were in Padova or Padua. It's the same spelling, but different, you know, they say it two ways. And that's the church It's the same name as the church. And so I was like, I need to go see the Basilica there. So I blocked out two hours and went and saw it and then came back and, you know, hung out in the hotel room. Oh, wow. So, it's business trip. You got to be, you got to be, you, you can make time to do stuff and it's really cool to do that, but you, you know, you're there to, you're there to make money. Yeah. yeah. So do you seek advice and I, I just to bring this up, cause you're, you, you, you practice and get to observe one of the greatest throwers slash female throwers of our time in Valerie Allman. Yeah. Do you seek advice from her? Do you kind of watch what she does and I don't want to say copycat, but say, okay, she's doing it this way. Me being a professional, I need to kind of do it that way as well. Oh yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. Is there something you've observed from her that you kind of use on your own now, whether it's the note taking or anything like that, or the meditation that you talked about earlier, is there something that you've kind of borrowed slash stolen from her that you use in your training? She's really good at, counting her macros and, and nutrition. So I've tried to get mine better the last couple of years and uh, her sleep is impeccable and I will never be that good, but I will try my best. <laughs> wow. <laughs> she sleep. That makes sense. So I'll ask oh, her wow, for really? advice. And when I'm going out of the country or like when I'm new to a lot of this stuff, I'll ask her like, Hey, how, what's the best thing for this? Or when I was in college, it was a lot more competition stuff. Like, how do I look at it this way? And, and, and a lot of different, you know, just a lot of different things, but it's never like, I'm, I'm never really doing the same thing as her. Cause that doesn't gotcha. make sense, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's different. Yeah. And she does things that are a little harder than what I do sometimes. And sometimes I do things a little harder than what she does, but at the end of the day, like we are still our own athletes, but it is nice to have her there. And it's nice to know that I'm going to go to Mises here. And we're going to be together and I'm, you know, it's going to be pretty cool. It's going to be a fun time. Awesome. And that's cool that you kind of got that a little bit of a team atmosphere in yeah. a professional wise that kind of, you can carry with you whether it's your coat or one of your colleague throwers slash that you have support with for sure. Yeah. So, sure. I'm going to back up college. How did you manage your college hours? What's your degree in and all of your throwing while you were at Texas? <laughs> I did, uh, I, I did communication, sorry, corporate communications and I did a grad program in strategic communications. Okay. What do you do with um, that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. You, be, <laughs> you become a professional um, thrower. That's what you did, right? I'm going to do some side work, but that's not all confirmed yet. That's kind of getting into it, but that, I will be using a lot of my degree in that. It's, okay. um, but um, yeah, so uh, time management is important. Uh, if you go to college, you will find that out quickly. If you don't already know it, if you don't, I would work on it a little bit at least. <laughs> Um, yeah. really it's like, you know, you got to manage your time. You got to figure out when you can study. Um, you know, some people value certain things more than others. And so I hate studying in all ways, shapes and forms because it sucks. And, um, but I still had to do it. So I still made sure that, you know, I'd go to class and I'd still make sure that I got my homework done and I'd make sure I was ready for tests. And it's, that's still kind of an important thing you have to do. You have to do it or you're not going to compete. So <laughs> You know, there is a balance, but if you look at it kind of like, so say I don't do track and I go and join a fraternity and I'm still doing, you know, 20 hours a week of stuff with them, 
you know, you're most people like you're still kind of taking the time where I would be doing track and you're going to find, you know, other things to do with it. So if you're not doing drag, you're still most likely going to find time or find something that's going to fill that time. And um, if you're not, then you're probably not having the most fun time in college, which some people just don't. That's cool. Whatever. Um, but, you know, people get into different things. And so, like, nobody's only ever just studying. I mean, right. some are. Sorry. Again, everyone's situation is different. But, yeah, you know, I'd say if I hadn't done track, I still would have done something. Yeah. And I still would have had to manage my time. So it's really just time management. It's kind of the simple answer there. Gotcha. Well, I love you said numerous times about you have to figure out what you value. And that yeah. leads to that time management aspect that, you know, if we're looking yeah. at advice for high school kids or whatever, even college, they have to figure out what that is. And where you put your time is what you value. And sometimes they are like, well, no, that's not important to me, really, because that's what you're doing all the time. So, mm -hmm. you know, figuring that out is you've talked a lot about what you value. And I love that. That's good for kids to hear that. So, yeah. yeah good stuff so that's the high school teacher and me coming out sorry because i do lessons on this all the time when i talk about time management we talk about what you value and we make them write down their yeah. time and i'm like you're on tiktok 23 hours out of the day you can but it's not important to me what? yeah that's look, not look, look at look at the facts here so you tell me you yeah. want to be all this sorry i know <laughs> well, he's gonna no, that makes sense it does it does it does make sense yeah. A couple of questions. I know we kept you on for a long time, but any new sponsorships? Is there anything you want to promote that you've you've signed up with or anything that you can uh, share with us? There's only the one thing. So if you go on my or if you go on my page, you'll see I'm with Momentus. It's a it is a it is a supplement company. Um, a lot of supplements, if you decide to take them, they're not certified. So you don't know where those are being processed. And you don't know what's actually in those cans because they're not FD, none of it is or is you know subject to fda inspections so you really don't know what's in there but yeah so the one that i use is called momentous like i said earlier and it's nsf certified which is safe sport certified so i'm i can take it and not be stressed about taking it so gotcha. i get you know tested or drug tested all the time and uh so i i've got a i've got a partnership with them and if you go on their website or their uh instagram page is live.momentous so l-i-v-e dot uh m-o-m E-N-T-O-U-S. Okay. Uh, you know, I, you can use uh, TRIP15, so TRIPP15 to get 15% off on everything. But I really just recommend stuff like that. And it does okay. taste good. It's cool. They've got a lot of different products in there. You can you can check it out if you know, the kids are watching. You guys use my code. Send me money. Uh, yes. You know, I have an actual landing page. So if you go in my bio on Instagram, you can copy that okay. link in there and you can just send that there. And it's much easier. Okay. Um, but really though, like it's, you know, you look, you want to get good at this stuff. And this is really to a lot of high schools. You need to really pay attention to what you're putting in your body. And this, it's very important and it's kind of scary how important it is. So I get tested by USADA. I'm on the random testing pool. So I have to send in calendars of where I'm at every day, uh, oh, wow. every quarter of the year. And they oh, had, wow. I can't leave my apartment or I can't leave the city of Austin. I can leave my apartment. It's not that strict, but if I leave Boston or I go home, I need to, you know, update them on my calendar and let them know that's where I'm going to be. So, because if they come and test me and I'm not there, I get a missed test. Oh, wow. And uh, the amount of things on that list that, you know, you can get banned for is shocking. <laughs> so, um, you know, if you're out there taking, I know C4 now is apparently safe now. Uh, yeah. I don't trust it. 
because two years ago <laughs> that stuff was not okay to take. Um, <laughs> and the, but a lot of these popular things, you know, they don't have any certification. They don't go through, yeah. they don't have a third party come in and test their products and make sure that it's safe to consume. So having that, you know, NSF certification on Momentus' products, it's, it's huge. It really just, it gives me confidence to know that, okay, you know, it's hard to eat as much as I have to. So being able to, you know, take a protein shake, get some creatine in, you know, they, they have uh, vitamins and stuff, everything, everything, everything on there is, is, is certified to be safe, which is huge. And uh, it also, you know, it's a good product. Uh, they've, they've done a lot of good work. My, my trainer at Texas, he loves it. He got, he's the one who got me into it. Awesome. And I uh, definitely, definitely highly recommend it. Um, again, that 50% off is big because it is more expensive because of that certification. But, you know, if you guys are interested, in, I definitely recommend trying it out. Gotcha. It was TRIP15 to get that was the code. Yeah, yeah. T-R-I-P-P-15. Okay. You can go to checkout or you can go on my link in my bio and uh, it, it'll immediately apply that I'm pretty sure. Don't count me on that. Still probably put it in just in case, but to my knowledge, it's already invested in that. Gotcha. Okay. And then my Instagram for, you know, I'm sure y'all will put it in the bio, but uh, my Instagram name is at piptrippery44. So P-I-P-T-R-I-P-E-R-I-44. Gotcha. Yeah, cool. Like yeah. I, I, do you think you'll 2024, 2028, you know, how long do you foresee you kind of going down the road of throwing and stuff? I know that's kind of a very subjective question. As long as I can long as you can. I, I, don't, awesome. I, don't, I don't want to work at a desk, so we're going to keep doing this. Good, for, yep. good, man. That's. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that, dude, because we know. need more throwers like you, and the cool thing about dudes, you've made throwing cool, whether you recognize it or not, and there's a lot of kids, there's a lot of kids that look up to you and want to be like you, because I, I they, you're there, you know, they, they don't see you as a biggest lot. You're not six, nine, you're a realistic yeah. guy that they see on yeah. every day. And you're like, if he can do it, there's a chance that I could go do it. And I think they can relate to you. And I well, think they know. like the emotion that you bring to throwing for sure. So, yeah. So I, I really do appreciate that because a lot of what I do is to, you know, inspire, I want to make this sport bigger. And I don't know if you guys look at the metrics of track and field, but it's the fastest growing high school sport. And I'm really glad that I'm a part of that. So. Yeah. To all the and kids out there, keep doing it. Tell your friends. Uh, get your yes. parents to buy Peacock accounts so you can watch the meets. I don't know why. <laughs> exactly. I don't and, know and why we, the marketing yeah. of these meets is so bad. But uh, we're actually working on that. Uh, little insight. Uh, every year, USATF is actually doing a really good job at trying to fix a lot of things that I'm sure that a lot of people have noticed. And they fixed a lot of things, especially for the athletes. So, you know, hopefully eventually we can get ourselves on public TV. Which I hope is so, yeah. a shocking, shocking thing to want and not have. Yeah. I, and I'll ask you. Professional worldwide sport where when you go to Europe, they love you. Uh, yeah. Well, well, you went to the meet in Tennessee and that 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 meet was televised on ESPN, but it was only like yeah. for like 40 minutes and they didn't even show the throwing. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of issues with how I think they film track meets and that's not really a track. So the person who runs that, that was an ATL meet. It wasn't USATF. Yeah. So ATL meet, uh, Paul Doyle, he's done a really good job of building up that franchise um, or the, that, that line of meets, whatever, whatever you want to call it. He's done a great job. And the meet was ran really well. It was a great meet. Uh, everything there was cool. And it was televised. But again, you know, I think getting the word out is hard. Mm -hmm. And it kinda, it's almost, you know, I have to, I have to start doing it 
which I haven't, and that's my fault, but um, I need to start putting word out and I think everybody does, but like, we need to get better on that. Like you shouldn't be able to go watch badminton on ESPN and not be able to watch track for free. I think that's kind of ridiculous. Or pick a ball. I mean, <laughs> yeah. There's, there's so many, there's so many things that I don't agree with and I could go on this for a long time. It actually, <laughs> it actually makes me mad. Uh -oh. I'm over here like, okay, we've got the highest growing high school sport, but there's a massive disconnect in media consumption for it. And, you know, adults not wanting to watch it and, you know, fair, you're going to watch what you want to watch, but like in a day, I'm sure I'd rather watch track and field and bowling. Um, yeah. And golf yeah. is not well, very RT. exciting in my opinion. But, yeah. You know. TV is on track and field all the time. It's on repeat. <laughs> every meet, every, every play. And you pay just... dearly for that for that privilege. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> over and over. Yeah, I've probably it's seen the I've I've seen you qualify for for uh the US in the world probably like eight times in the last month. <laughs> if nothing well, thank else you. is on, I wish you I know. <laughs> oh, dude! I, dude, you're it's right. I love your technique. I love everything about you. I love your energy. I'm a big fan. My kids, we we really support you. We're big fans of Zed and what y'all got you, going you. on. Man, keep it up, dude. And and also wish your brother the best too. Oh, um, you got brother and sister all there in Austin. Y'all gonna spend a lot of time together? Sounds like you know families. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, we've uh, we, gonna be. It's cool, and you know, it's it's very rare that this type of thing happens. So we are able to see each other quite a bit, which is nice. Yeah. Cool, man. And cool. little sister has two big brothers right there to take care of her. She's yeah. in trouble, right? Yeah. Or bad, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> thank but you yeah. so much, dude. Um, thank you. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, keep in touch. It's it's really we will. cool. We'll uh, see what I can do in the future. Hopefully it works out. Dude, I'm, I, dude, I, 2028, 2028, you're going to win a gold medal. That's my goal. Hopefully I can do a little bit of school, yeah. Ron's going to be retired. He's going to have kids living in Arkansas. Wife's going to be a oh, doctor. He'll, he'll, go th he'll go to 28, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> if Kovacs is going this far, he'll go to 28. There's no reason for him not to. He's making, you know, a large amount of money just throwing rocks. I'd do it too. Yeah. Until, I, until I break. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's, it's but, you know, him, the longest. The good thing for this next year is uh, going into it um, – that third spot is pretty pretty open, uh, depending yeah. on how Tune Day shows up and how I grow and everybody else. That the third spot is still very much up for grabs. So I'm really going to be yeah. pushing for it all this year. And, and just like you said earlier, you are the youngest. So this yeah, the, I've got I've got a lot of time to get good. You know, the peak if you do if you look at the analytics, the peak age is 28 to 32. So I've got some time. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah, and yeah, we'll, we'll see. 23, 24. I mean, it's there. So. <laughs> So, I'll, you sure. know, hopefully, hopefully I can do what everybody wants me to do or hopes that I can do. I hope I can live up to that. So, oh, you I will. Yeah. You will. Dude, you have, dude. You're you're a legend. You're you're a legend. So, yeah. all right, man. We'll see you at Texas Relays. Good luck, man. Yeah. Thank, Thank you, guys. Get healthy. Yeah, I will. Have a great evening. Appreciate it. Y'all do the same. Thank you. Thank you. Are we on? We're yes, on. we're on. We'd like to take the trip for being on. Uh, just tremendous guidance and also just a really look, a deep look into his thoughts and perspective as his throwing career and, 
and you know how he looks at recruiting and his high school career and and being a professional thrower um, is just a really tremendous that he's just climbed the ladder of success from you know throwing as far as he did his freshman year to being a professional now and you know making the finals that you know some of the biggest meet going in this first diamond league meet um, but what I go back to is it's really kind of you know tickles me a little bit that he kind of started with the private club coach you know coach rod kind of helped him and laid the foundation and his dad drove him and his brother there twice a week to kind of learn the rotation and that you know and i'm sure there's a lot of fundamentals that coach rod laid with with trip you know as a youth that he still uses today um which is which is pretty cool and 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 also too being around a high school coach that was really loved throwing and and it was invested in throwing and invested in trip and you know it goes to show you too throwing can be very isolated support but i think there's no other sport or competition where the coach and the athlete camaraderie the bond might be greater than any other sport you know what i'm saying and i think that's even true through trip and zeb now in their relationship and how that's cultivated and how he's going to carry you know trip through his professional career as well uh, just but just trips just he loves to throw and I think that's it's always been there inside of him if, you know you've ever heard it's, it's meant to be for that person it's meant to be I think throwing was meant to be for trip uh, you said um you know around people that support you talked about being that village he found people even through yeah. high school I mean a great high school coach great family who took him where he needed um and then just friends that sacrifice like he did in whatever sport they were to focus on their working out and just you know when other kids could have been doing other things he was hanging out at the gym with his friends and lifting weights and doing those things and finding the right people to help get him where he is today. he's like he said he could have talked forever about all the people yeah. that helped him and talked to him and supported him that he could get advice from right now even back to adam nelson who we went to a, a camp, camp in, in eighth grade in reese yeah. Yeah. yeah so just just great story and just so like I said a good close throwing family and I'm just excited about what he's gonna do and help get throwing out there more. Yeah, I mean, good old sure. Texas boy throwing at Texas and now he's on the big stage yeah. and a professional. So awesome. I'm yeah, we're hoping 2024, 2028, you know, he's he's on the stand and getting a medal for sure. So just a you know, just a great guy and, and he's worked his butt to get off from there. Had some perseverance too. Oh, yeah, the, the injuries, the bicep. You know, it's it's just goes to show you it is you might get knocked down, you might just get knocked down on a knee, you might get your whole body knocked down, but you gotta get up. You know, yeah. you got to get up, and he's definitely done that. And we we overlooked the two two time national champions that he won in college, and didn't go into great detail of his college career. But just uh, just I want to reiterate, PR twenty one seventy four indoor, college PR outdoor twenty one fifty seven, uh, two time All American, numerous Big Twelve titles. Uh, not two-time All-American, two-time national champions, holds a school record, which was he broke Ryan Krauser's record. Uh, you know, he is a Texas legend, Texas high school legend, and I'm sure he's going to not have a hammer. <laughs> I would know hammer PR. Sure. <laughs> or wait, what was it? The uh, yeah, for sure. So, so. Trip, thank y'all. We'll see y'all down the road. All right.
we want to thank Texas Track and Field Coaches Association. Go to TTFCA.org um, for all the latest news in track and field. Indoor meets posted clinic coming up January will be here um, before we know it. So come listen to all the amazing speakers they have lined up for that. Um, fourthroads.com, call the implements price right. Use the code TALKINGTHROWS10 to get 10% off. It's starting to feel a little fallish around here, a little cooler. If anything, it gets dark earlier, so you can stick that four circle in your garage with some light and get lots of reps in. Uh, Ready Up Athletic Development, if you're in the Austin area, go to Ready Up AD. Um, check out what Zach Phillips has going on. Check out his program. I said check out a lot, sorry. And Train Heroic, his basic throws. Um, throw strength program that he has there um, and use the code throws 10 and you'll get 20% off of that program. I actually looked at it the other day. It's really just some great stuff um, that he's put together for uh, for young throwers. And then... Hello Talking Throws Texas Podcasters. I'm Bruce Caldwell. I'm here today to introduce the Fiber Sport Discus. Yes, many of you thought I only made great vaulting poles. I have been bringing quality discuses to the thrower's hands for over 40 years. First as Cantabrian USA representative, then for the past 10 years as the Nelco discus distributor. I introduced the yellow plated discus for the plastic's best durability. If your fiber sport discus breaks, we replace it. Our studies have reached into the science of using a wind tunnel and adding microchips to the discus to find the spin, the gravity, the flight stability of the discus. We have found it's not about rim weight anymore. It's more about creating a balanced stability to allow the discus to fly and surf the wind. Our new fiber sport discus is made to be selected to fit your needs, no matter the weather, no matter the conditions. Check out our discus selection guide at fibersportdiscus.com and find a dealer in your area that sells our fine product. Thank you, Jason Janelle, for allowing me to talk with your listeners on Talk and Throws Texas Style. Then um, the Throne Factory, when you're looking for lessons, I'm about to say check this out, check this out. Or if you want to go shopping on the shopping page, you know, we have some cool apparel, uh, sweatshirts, new zip-up jackets, uh, fleece track suits that are pretty warm. Uh, for moms, dads, there's easing stuff on there for lifting FW, but there's also uh, shirts and long sleeve shirts for the podcast. Uh, West at the Thorn Factory has apparel on there. East at the Thorn Factory has apparel on there as well. So all of it's discounted and uh, it goes to a good cause. So if you go purchase it, please do. And uh, we'll use the money into in the right direction, giving it back into the program as well. And then also, also hey, yeah. go ahead. Hang on, I'll say youth youth throwing. If you um, are looking to any lessons in anything, but started doing some lessons with some kids, introducing the discus, and I, I have a lot of fun doing that because it's you know something you don't do, you don't you didn't pick up and throw. And you may have thrown Cheerios. Who is it? Oh, John Tipton. Yeah. But you didn't throw anything. You like you throw a discus. So that learning process with that, you know, it's the skill that can be taught. So come on out. I'd love to do some discus work with you. Please do. Or shot put or. Yeah. And then lifting DFW, 
Uh, we are selling those trailers. I'm doing uh, private lessons now for Olympic lifting. So if you're a high school athlete, and you don't have to be a thrower, you can be a baseball player, you can be a golfer, you can be a swimmer, you could be, um, you know, in the drama, and you're just looking to get fit. You could be a mom looking to lose some weight. Whatever it may be, reach out to me. Go to that website, Lifting DFW, and uh, we can set up a program to, to get you where you want to be uh, emotionally and physically to be your best self. Uh, so, yeah. And then uh, Fiber Sports Discus as well. So. Right. Thanks, guys. That's about to